0: And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Uh, Hey, we are starting a new uh, sermon series this morning, and uh, it's going to be a great time out of Galatians chapter 5, and uh, it's called Live Free. And so I think we as Christians should live free. What do you think? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. me too. So uh, everybody say live free. free. So we've been going through the book of Galatians uh, pretty much all summer. And is this thing hot to anybody else, or is it just me? A little hot? All right. So... Thank you, W. Appreciate it, man. So uh, it was just ringing back at me. And uh, I can see you guys better with the white wall, the grayish wall. That's great. Awesome. So now I can really know who's sleeping or not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So we've been going through the book of uh, Galatians, and uh, we're in chapter 5 this week, and Paul starts talking about living a free life, living a generous life. And so I'm excited uh, to talk to you about that this morning. And so I want to read... The first scripture, our our text this morning is Galatians 5, uh, verses 7 through 15, but I want to read the first uh, scripture um, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It kind of sets the tone uh, for these next couple chapters. It says this um, out of the Message Bible. It says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. Everybody say, "free free life. Christ has set us free to live a free life, so take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. How's that sound? Everybody say never again. again. So never again. Never again let the harness of slavery be on you. You are free. Everybody say, I'm free. I'm I'm having you say some stuff this morning. I want to make sure we're awake and alive in this place this morning. Live free. This scripture says Christ has set us free to live a free life. So that's what we get to do, is we get to live a free life. And then he says, take your stand never, never again, never again, never again, never again, never again. again. Let this slavery be back on you. Never again take that burden back on you. Christ has set you free, so live free. You know, I want to say something this morning before I get too fired up and too into this message this morning, is this, we're talking about living free, I'm not just talking about living free as Americans. I'm not talking about the fact that you and I, we just talked about uh, some friends in China who are under some heavy oppression Well I have news for you that they also are called to live a free life. And that they are in China and they get to be free in Christ. It doesn't matter if the country is free. It doesn't matter what our surroundings are. It doesn't matter who's in charge or who's not in charge. It doesn't matter what side is in power and what side is not in power. You and I are free regardless. Because we first and foremost pledge any of our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Amen. And to his kingdom. And so that is where we find our freedom. We find our freedom in Christ. We find our allegiance to be to Jesus Christ first and foremost before our allegiance to any other country or nation or anything like that. I understand maybe that's not super popular this morning, but it's true. Just like if we lived in a nation, we're free. We're lucky to live in a nation where we can gather together, where we can stream our services online and put those on there, and the government doesn't block it and arrest us and put us in jail. We are very blessed. We're blessed. In China, if you get caught doing what we're doing, you lose your house. You go to jail. You lose your stuff. I mean, it's a bad thing. If you meet in a home and they find you, they will take your home. Just like that, gone, no questions asked. They have the power to do that. Here, no power. You say, but we're getting really close. First of all, relax. No, we're not. Second of all, we pledge our allegiance to Jesus Christ. And we follow him and we are members of his kingdom. And if he says we're free, then we're free. Even if that means you're behind a jail cell, you can still be free in Jesus Christ. And so when Paul says this, he says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. You and I have been called to live a free life, so take your stand and never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Look at what Ephesians 6, 13 says. It says this, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. He's asked us to stand firm, to take a stand, right? Yep. Stand firm. Take a stand. Put on every piece of God's armor. Put every piece of God's armor on you and take a stand. Live a free life. Did you know there's really a devil out there? And he's roaring around. He's walking around like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion, but he's been defeated and disarmed. He's dethroned. He's, he's nothing but a little stub. He can't hurt you. There is nothing about him that is scary. You and I can live a free life. And so we can take a stand against those fiery arrows. If you read um, in Ephesians chapter 6, and it talks about how the devil will try to attack us, but we can wear the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth and the sword of the spirit. And we have all of these things that we can put on ourselves and we can take a stand. We don't have to let the world corrupt us. We don't have to let that sin come back on us. We don't have to take the yoke and the bondage of slavery. We don't have to be tired. We don't have to be worn out. We don't have to be burnt out on religion. We can have a free life in Jesus Christ. But it causes us we have to take a stand. We have to take a stand that says, I'm not going to act this way anymore. I'm not going to listen to this anymore. I'm not going to let those thoughts permeate my mind anymore because I put on the helmet of salvation and so I believe the good news about who Christ is not all the other stuff that's out there floating around it can't get in because I'm wearing my helmet of salvation so we take a stand thanks we take a stand but that's the only way it's going to happen you live in this world just like I do and if we just go about this world all of a sudden we just find ourselves not living a free life. We find ourselves back in slavery to thoughts and and, and addictions and attitudes or whatever it may be. We must stand firm, take a stand, use the tools that God has given us, and not just passively live our lives, but take a stand and put on the full armor of God so that we can be protected against what the devil throws at us, because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. And so he's equipped us, he's given us the tools, now we must take a stand. Look at what Philippians 1.27 says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. You know, I like how Paul starts this in Philippians one twenty-seven. He says, we are free to conduct ourselves worthy of the good news of Jesus Christ. We are free. We have been set free. So we can live free lives and we can live worthy. We can live worthy. Let me read this to you. We can live worthy of the good news of Jesus Christ. We can use our freedom to point others to the good news of Jesus Christ. That's how we can live our lives. Use our lives to live free and to be an example to those who meet us. Do we have to be perfect? No, we're not going to be perfect. But we've been given freedom. We've been set free. I mean, you remember what you used to be like? Are you thankful that you're set free? I mean, are you thankful that you're different? Are you thankful that you've been transformed and that your mind has been renewed and that your life is being transformed into something better and something greater and something that more resembles Jesus Christ each and every day? So we can live that way. And I like this. We can stand together. I know that you are standing together. How? One purpose, one spirit, you're fighting together for the good news. Everybody say good news. You know, I messed up last week. I forgot to tell you about an event that took place this last week. And a couple of you were there, and, uh, and it was a great event. It was at Iowa Central Community College, and it was called Unified. And this event was pretty cool. It was one of its kind. It, 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 these things don't happen a lot. Well, here's what it was. You guys ready? So Unified, there was a couple of professors out at Iowa Central, uh, a couple of full-time professors, uh, and InterVarsity and Chi Alpha, a couple of the college ministries out at Iowa Central, they got together and said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if on the very first day of school, which was Tuesday, what if we had a service? We gathered people from all over, you know, Fort Dodge, different churches and Christian organizations, get them involved, bring them all together. We could have a worship team that is not just one church or a couple of churches, but comprised of many churches. And what if we all came together on the first day of classes at Iowa Central Community College and we told them that Fort Dodge loves them? What if we all got together and said that the city of Fort Dodge, with the over twenty churches that were present and helped up and set up a booth and said, "Hey, we're here for you. We love you. We care about you." See, aren't you, don't you wish I would have told you about this event? <laughs> I know. And 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 so they're there, and they had like eighteen people on this worship team. From all, I mean, it was a huge worship team. I was like, I mean, there was like nine singers, people just singing. I was like, man, this is a big old worship team, and it was great. And it was fun, and they sang a few hymns, and they sang a few songs that we sing, and they had a little bit of everything in between, and it was great. And they had a guy from West Des Moines come and speak, and the whole point of it was this idea of being unified. That we can come together as people who love Jesus, that we as churches can gather together, and we can share the good news of Jesus Christ. No competition No, when the people were on stage, they all wore the exact same T-shirt, a unified T-shirt, so you didn't know who was from where and doing what. There was booths set outside, and then that's where you would have the stuff for New Covenant or the stuff for this church or that church or whatever it was. And the the students just got to go around, mingle, talk, and interact with the churches and say, hey, I want to get involved either in a college ministry or in a church or whatever. And it was just a great outpouring of what we can do. As followers of Jesus Christ. To share the good news when we come together and say, you know what, it's not about us standing all alone, but it's about us standing together in one spirit, in one faith, telling others about the good news of Jesus Christ. That's living by example. That's living a free life. That's taking the freedom that we've been given and saying, guess what, devil? you got nothing on this town. You're not going to take those students because we love them. We're praying for them, and we are a unified front that says we are praying for that college. So if you do me a favor, we're on the opposite end of the town, but be praying for that college. Pray for those who work there. Your very own Pastor Mike is an adjunct professor, teaches intro to religion out there, and uh, enjoys that. And so it's a great opportunity for him to get out there and to... to interact with kids and, and change lives and uh, so it's been a great thing and so I just wanted to let you know about that and if they do it again next year I will do my best to let you know about it <laughs> <laughs> so I want to read in Galatians 5 Galatians chapter 5 verses 7 through 12 says this you were running superbly remember Paul's talking to the churches in Galatia he has this to say to him you were running superbly who cut in on you deflecting you from the true course of obedience This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place, and please don't toss this off as insignificant. It only takes a a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. Deep down, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect, but the one who is upsetting you, whoever he is, will bear the divine judgment. As for the rumor that I continue to preach the ways of circumcision, as I did in those pre-Damascus road days, that is absurd. Why would I still be persecuted then? If I were preaching that old message, no one would be offended if I mentioned the cross now and then. It would be so watered down, it wouldn't matter one way or the other. Why don't these agitators, obsessive as they are about circumcision, go all the way and castrate themselves? You guys picking up on Paul's frustration at all? He's been telling us how he's been getting frustrated. Um, so he just went there. Um, Laughter so Paul, Paul's a little frustrated uh, with the, the, those in the churches that are trying to pollute and, and water down the gospel and bring people back under a bondage of slavery and trying to put all these rules and all these regulations on them. And that's what he said. If Christ has called you to live a free life and live a free life, don't allow anybody else, don't allow yourself to put those burdens and to put that bondage back on you. So he is not happy with those, whoever they are in the church. They are talking about, well, you must be circumcised, and you got to follow all these rules, and then he's like, well, why don't they just go castrate themselves? He's a little upset, <laughs> right? And, uh, and so he's getting fed up. He's getting annoyed with this, but he, he asked this question at, at the beginning. He said, who knocked you off course? Who knocked you off course? Who cut in on you, deflecting you from the true course of obedience? Who knocked you off course? Basically, Why are you picking these burdens back up? Why are you allowing yourself to be under laws and regulations? Why are you putting that yoke of slavery back on you? Didn't I tell you to live a free life? Didn't Jesus Christ come so that we could have a free life? Why then are you picking these burdens back up? Who knocked you off course? Paul is frustrated. He's frustrated with those in the church who are trying to make everyone conform to old laws that are no longer necessary. But here's the thing. Paul wants those who have been set free to live free. Paul wants those who have been free. That's why he's so frustrated. That's why he goes to those lengths to say those things. He's saying, listen, Jesus Christ has set you free. Why are you listening to anybody who tries to put a guilt trip on you? Why are you listening to anybody that says that Jesus Christ isn't enough for you? Why are you even listening to them? Christ put you on a race and he said, run the race that is set before you. Who knocked you off course? Quit listening to them. Live a free life. Look at Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, I say therefore. therefore. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Let us run the race with endurance. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You know, he says on here. He says, when you're running, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. I have a friend that sometimes, when he trains to run, he'll wear like a weighted body vest thing. Or have you ever seen people wear those? Or they wear like ankle weights. And you're like, and it's 85 degrees outside, and they're out there running, and you're like, what are you doing? Right? It's like, why are you doing that? So the, now they're training. And they're working on their endurance. Now, have you ever seen anybody enter a race wearing ankle weights or like a chest weight? Have you ever seen anybody do that? Why would you not do that? You want to strip off any of those weights. You want to get rid of anything that's going to slow you down. And it's the same thing with us. Paul's saying, listen, there's a race that has been set before us. Get rid of those things that are slowing you down. Get rid of those things that are causing you to not live a free life. Jesus Christ has set you free. Stop picking up burdens. We're running this race, and we're going, and we're moving. But as we go, we decide, well, maybe I'll go back to that, and we pick up this burden, and we're running with this burden. Is that going to slow you down? It's going to slow us down if we pick up old habits, old way of thinking, uh, old sin, whatever it is. It's going to slow us down. He says, listen, I need you to strip off all of those weights, the sin that so easily trips us up. And we all have it. We might not be tempted with the same thing, but we all have sin that easily trips us up. We all have thoughts that easily trip us up. You could come at me with any kind of drug or alcohol, and I would have zero interest. That doesn't trip me up. But it was summertime. And if I see a woman walking, wearing clothes that are obviously inappropriate, that's a temptation for me. So I have to look away. The Bible says bounce your eyes. If my wife is around, I just look at her. Because she's all I need. I'm just being real with you guys, is that alright? Can I do that? So the sin that so easily trips us up, for you, That might not be what trips me up, might not be the same as you. Or maybe the one I mentioned before is we are all different. But he's saying, listen, lay aside those thoughts. Lay aside those weights. Run your race. Put the blinders on. Don't give in to that temptation. Don't look for those things to give you fulfillment. Jesus Christ has put us on a race. He set something before us and said, I want you to run this race as if you're going to win. So no getting knocked off course. You're not going to win if you do that. No picking up extra burdens and other things that are going to slow you down and eventually cause you to quit. Don't do that. Put the blinders on and run the race that's been set. Live a free life. Let's run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, one of the songs, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the worship team's been working hard on a a project that's going to be released, released later on this year. And one of the songs is We Will Run. You guys remember We Will Run? And uh, we do, we will run every now and again in church. And we we will run, 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 right? You guys like it because you pretend to run. I know you do. If not on the outside, definitely on the inside. I know that on the inside, you got your spirit man running. Physical man, sometimes it takes a little bit. I get that. But I know your spirit man is running. We will run, right? And uh, worship team's been working on that and they finally finished uh, recording everything and there's going to be six songs on it and it's going to be a lot of fun and you're going to find yourself listening to it so much and it's just going to be an awesome thing because the quality is top-notch. And I'm not just saying that because I'm part of it. I'm just letting you know <laughs> it's top-notch despite me, all right? So it's going to be great. But on that, that song, that we will run. We will run. We will run with endurance. We'll run the race that is set before us. We'll share the hope of Jesus Christ with the world around us. We're running, and we're not looking back. We're living our life for Jesus Christ. We are free, free to run the race that has been set before us. Amen? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. It says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, race, and I have remained faithful. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. What do we need to do? We need to faithfully run the race that is in front of us. God has called us to live a free life. So let's run this weight race. Let's take the weights off of our lives and let's run our race that Christ has set before us. Amen? Amen. Galatians 5 says this. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other, and where will your precious freedom be then? So God has called us to a free life. And I like what Paul says here. Don't use your freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do. If you use your freedom to do whatever you want to do, he says that you're going to ruin your freedom. You can understand that, right? If you decide, well, I'm free, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Some of you are laughing. You've, you've lived that way before, right? How'd that end out for you? Not, Not so good. We can't just do whatever we want to do. We can't use our freedom as an excuse to say, well, I can just do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. There's no restrictions. Do what I want. It's a bad idea. We've been given freedom, and I love that Paul brings this up. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I'm excited about that. You don't, Here's the thing. Use your freedom to serve one another in love, and then he says this. That's how freedom grows. Now, wait a second. Now, I thought freedom was all about doing what I want to do. I thought freedom was about I get to make decisions and do what makes me happy. No, real freedom is about serving and loving others and making them happy. (coughs) What? So my freedom is more about other people than it is about myself. Ding, 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 ding. Light bulb. Our freedom is more about others than it is about what we want and what we get to do. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. Look at John thirteen thirty-five. You guys are going to get this. You're going to love it. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Yeah. Your love for one another will prove. There's the proof. Show me that you're a Christian, all right? I'm just going to love others real good. And that proves to this world that I'm a follower of. Of Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation 2, verses 1 to 4. It says, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. Man, God knows all the things that we do. That's cool. All right, let's keep moving. I got I can't stop. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient. Endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You've discovered that they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Uh-oh is right. Man, he sees that I've seen your hard work. I've seen that you have patience. I've seen that you've discovered the truth and that you have patiently suffered and have not quit. However, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's important to God that we love him and love one another? It wasn't a trick question. Do you think it's important to God that we love him and love one another? It's important. It's absolutely important because he knows all that we do and he sees our suffering and he sees our patience and he sees our hard work and he sees all of the good and he sees everything and he says but i still want you to love me and to love one another i don't want you to just use your freedom to do whatever you want that's not how freedom grows freedom grows when we serve one another in love where does that heart to serve others even come from because that doesn't just naturally come out of us I mean, where does that heart to serve others come from? It comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from, and that's how our freedom grows. Freedom grows when we love one another, amen? Listen, I want to be a group of people. I want to be a church who gets this right. I want us to be a group of people. I want us to be a church who gets this right. If you hear nothing else that I said today, Hear this. I want this, us, you and I, to get this right. Why? Because freedom grows when we love one another. And an act of true freedom, that's what the scripture says, an act of true freedom is loving others as yourself. That is an act of true freedom. Because you could do whatever you want with your time and your freedom, and you choose to give it away to others. You choose to love others. That is an act of true freedom, and that's how freedom grows. And then he says this at the end if you use your freedom to attack one another, you ruin your freedom in Christ. Amen. So he says if you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other, and where will your precious freedom be then? As Christians, we should not bite and ravage and attack others in person, online, anywhere, behind their back, talking, any of it. That's not our place. If you want to destroy your freedom, then go ahead and do those things. If you want to live in such a way that does not please God... And that does not prove to the world that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Then say mean things about other people. Talk badly about that church across town. Talk badly about your neighbor or your coworker. Gossip a little bit. Make stuff up. It'll show this world that you're just like them. And you will not prove that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ at all. Dang, Josh, that's kind of harsh. I know, Paul was writing some pretty harsh things. He said, if you use your freedom to attack one another, you ruin your freedom in Christ. So what am I saying? I'm saying the choice is ours. It always has been. We can live free. We can live free or we can live in bondage. We can love God and love others or we can turn away from our first love and just ignore one or both of those things. It's our choice, isn't it? Our freedom can grow or we can destroy our freedom. I don't know about you, but I want my freedom to grow. I want to love God and I want to love others. How about you? Anybody join me on that? You say, Josh, I want to love God and I want to love others. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 5th Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa 50501 or you can call us at 515 955 6222 two, two.